And now, it's time for the Tech EU Drive at 5 with Robin Bouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. You have found it. This is the Tech EU Drive at 5. I am your host, Dan Taylor. And we are the droids you're looking for. Welcome back yet again, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode 23. It's the first week of March. Uh, here in London, spring is showing no signs of showing. Uh, I believe we're expecting snow earlier. No way. Next week. Yes. Yes. There's there's snow forecasted for London, which is a rarity in itself. How you doing? Uh, I, you know, I can't call you uh, Roger Waters anymore. Because Roger's in some hot water of his own for anti-Semitic yeah. comments, so I, I don't even want to go there I think anymore. We need to find so, a new a new nickname for me. Yeah, we're just going to call you Robin's Underwater again. Robin's yeah. Underwater. Over to you and back to you in the <laughs> studio. Robin's Underwater. How's it going, buddy? Hello, everyone. Uh, doing very well. Can't believe it's March already. You just uh, pointed that out, and I'm uh, shocked. Yeah, it's already we're, we're closing in on the end of Q1 2023. Jeez, <sighs> crazy, right? All right. Well, listen, before we uh, close in any further, Robin, you've got a list of news. I mean, it was a busy week. Hit me. What do you got? It was a busy week and it's a, been a busy week of acquisitions, actually, and, and a couple of small ones, but lots of big ones this time as well. And I just want to go over the list a little bit uh, to point out that this is really something of a trend. Uh, so I wanted to highlight a, a bunch of rather sizable and or noteworthy ones. So not all of them are really big. Um, but very notable German semi semiconductor uh, manufacturer Infineon, 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 Infineon. Infineon. into Infineon and beyond. They are to buy uh, GAN or GAN Systems of uh, Canada uh, for eight hundred thirty million dollars in cash, uh, hey. aiming uh, to boost its positions for applications like mobile charging, data center power supplies, and onboard chargers for electric vehicles. So uh, that's a strategic acquisition, uh, sort of the other way around, like a European tech company buying uh, into North America. Uh, but there was more. Uh, Helsinki's cash flow management uh, SaaS, Nomentia, they were acquired by Inflection uh, for a room of 300 million euros. Uh, then there was Milan's Nexi, the digital payments uh, giant. Uh, they're purchasing 80% of Sabadell's uh, pay comment uh, for 280 million uh, euros to break into the Spanish market. Uh, British Vault, uh, we've been covering that story, I think, mm. also on the podcast. What happened to them? Yeah, I think you covered the story. So what happened? The way I understand it is they uh, got borked by some promised funding from a UK government uh, that was uh, de uh, dependent upon construction milestones being met. And, uh, well, it just didn't happen. Um, I, I don't want to say it was a, uh, a Liz Truss um, uh, government promise, but it was her economic quasi-quartanang, quasi, quasi, I could never pronounce his name right. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, British Volt um, kind of got backed into a corner and they said, hey, what's up? And so a, what's so how is it? It's an Australian battery maker, power cell manufacturer, something, but they're owned by a New York-based private equity. For, I, it's very strange. And, and there's also like the U.S. Defense Department involved and they're deploying this Australian company's technology on their submarine. It, 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 very murky waters. I hmm. just I just reported the news and that's the news, folks. But uh, my <laughs> personal opinion is, holy Jesus, what the heck is this? This is very strange. There you go. Some color from Dan. Uh, British Vault. <laughs> Uh, let's call it a strategic fire sale. Uh, there something you go. to that effect. Nice, nice. Um, was the only one? Uh, Summer Equity, uh, the private equity house, they acquired a majority stake in cybersecurity firm Lockpoint, uh, which I think was interesting as well. And then finally, the global energy major Shell, uh, they struck a deal to acquire the, the EV charging network of uh, EV Pass. 
um, based in Switzerland. Uh, they'll basically acquire 100% of the company, gaining control of all its charging points and its subscribers. So I thought those were a couple of interesting acquisitions uh, to note. Um, we see a lot of these acquisitions because the market conditions sort of dictate that it's a hunting season. So you go out and looking for opportunities that weren't necessarily an opportunity when times were still good. Uh, so we're going to see more of these uh, deals happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it sounds like uh, from what I hear in non-tech related news, I mean, uh, Shell, BP, they're all pretty short on cash these days anyway, right? You know, they're, uh-huh. they're not flush. They're not flush at all. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'll tell you who hasn't been flush, but it might be becoming flush soon. I'm going to mark 2023 as the year of quantum. What do you think? Definitely, definitely in the cards. So yeah. much happening in that space and in Europe as well, which is great to see. Yeah. And uh, QDNL, Ton van Nordende, he agrees with me. It's it's uh, It might be a contrarian view, but I think this is going to be an exceptional year for quantum technology. And based on UK quantum motion raising 32 million a couple of weeks back, uh, France has seen Temasek lead 100 million euro round into the atomic level quantum processor Pascal. Switzerland's Terra Quantum is now welcoming uh, uh, private equity money. Yesterday, the Netherlands got a shot in the arm. Uh, the QDNL, uh, which Tone is heading up, friend of the show, Tone, announced a 15 million early stage fund that's specifically aiming to support quantum hardware communications and sensing technologies, as well as companies that supply components essential to the growth of the sector, whatever that means, with tickets up to 1.5 million. I spoke to Tone earlier today to get his take on why this fund is so important. Well, 50 million in quantum computing is not that much, let's be honest, but it's a, it's a great starting point. And it's, I think, exactly what the industry needs right now. There's a lot of, and we've seen recently, a lot of large you know, Series A and B rounds being led by institutional and sovereign investors uh, from across Europe and US. I think we already you know, mentioned uh, Pascal, but also IQM, you know, 120 million raised. So you know, the rounds are, are eating up, but I think there's a fundamental disconnect right now between the quality of research and the creation of economic value, specifically in countries also as like the Netherlands. So these scientists, they have these great ideas and they don't really know how and, and where to start, how to place them. And I think that's exactly where quantum uh, is right now. And this is where QNL participations can play a, a massive role. Right. Always good to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. But speaking of high tech, Robin, what about the Grunder, Grund, Grunderfonds? High tech Grunderfonds. High tech Grund- HDGF, uh, as they're. Uh, as the kids say these days. Yeah, right? as the kids say these days. <laughs> uh, but they're based in Bonn. They're one of the most active investors in Europe, uh, always has been. Uh, they're state backed, but they're super, super, super active investors. So it's very, very. Um, good to keep an eye on them. Uh, and that just just had some news to announce. Uh, they closed their fourth fund at a total value of uh, just south of 500 million euros. Um, and as a point of comparison, uh, the last uh, iteration of the fund was 319 uh, million euros. So that's over 50% uh, of growth in deployable capital. Um, and of course, they're backed by, by uh, everyone Everybody. in their dock. Yes. yes, I'm not even going to go down the list, but they no. include like Deutsche Post and the Federal Ministry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but very, very notable uh, in size, of course, but also they're they're so prolific. They invest in so many early stage mm. companies across Germany. So they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. And with 500 million euros to more to deploy, then uh, mm. we're going to keep hearing from them. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did the write-up on that one. And, and uh, I'm always struck by, I mean, I know it's industry standard, but I always enjoy writing about these undisclosed family offices that are 
uh, LPs on funds like this. I, I'd love to know who these undisclosed fa- like. I'd like to get to know them. Can we hang out? I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I can pilot a boat. I mean, let's let's hang out. I'll say a little bit about that. Most family offices that make that kind of investment, uh, sort of into funds, uh, why would they want the advertising? They, they they're not looking <laughs> exactly. for name recognition. They, 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 they just right. They're just there they to just make want the a return. Money. Exactly. Right. Right, yeah. right, right. Speaking of returns, or I should say not returning to work, uh, according to a report filed in Les, Les Echos, apparently 200 people or 20% of the workforce at PayFit uh, have been let go. What's interesting about the downturn for the company is it's unclear of this uh, whether this number includes the 40 people from PayFit Spain that were let go and the complete closing of the German operations, which saw approximately 50 people lose their jobs. If we do the math, that's either 200 people lost their job or 290 people lost their job, which that's a big difference. Not just 14 months ago, the company raised $254 million in a Series E funding round at a valuation of $1.82 billion. And they, uh, at that point in time, they were quoting that a major portion of this funding was to support an ongoing recruitment drive. Different times. The world has changed profoundly. Different different times indeed. The world has changed, but it's not all doom and gloom. Fintech is making money. Yeah, imagine that. The the big fintech companies, uh, the big fintech scale-ups in Europe are are, starting to release their earnings. uh, You know, sometimes with quite a a lot of delay. Uh, I'll I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, But very notable this week, we had a Swedish payments group, uh, Klarna, or buy now, pay later giant, as they're, they're affectionately called. Uh, so they aim to return to profit by the summer. Uh, they reported quite a wide loss, uh, $1 billion uh, in 2021. Uh, so that's uh, quite a hefty loss. And they're they're really looking to sort of go back to, to better numbers. The revenue is okay, but the loss is just gigantic, in my opinion. Um, so we'll see if they can uh, return to profitability soon. Uh, then we had Revolut. They posted their first annual profit of... Uh, uh, just over 26 million pounds in 21 as well. Uh, although I have to say that there is a little bit of, a, let's say, talk about their uh, numbers not being reported correctly for a couple of quarters. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. But they did refer it, uh, they did uh, post their, their profit numbers. So we'll see if that, uh, if they're verified. A little fudging of the books? Uh, not necessarily fudge, but they were delayed uh, by quite, mm-hmm. quite a lot. Uh, First and foremost, mm-hmm. uh, and now the, the UK government basically said we cannot verify these numbers, or at least not yet. So we'll just keep an eye on that. Fun, 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 fun. Uh, and then we had Bank, of course. The, they're the only EU-based neo bank uh, that we're uh, mentioning today, uh, but they were the first EU-based one to report a quarterly profit just last week. Um, at least that's the claim. Uh, and then uh, on the Sort of with a, some delay, we can also look at the numbers of uh, Starling Bank and Monzo, which are the other big neo banks in the UK. Uh, they reported the numbers actually in the summer of uh, 2022, uh, but also notable. Like uh, Starling mm-hmm. Bank, they achieved their first full year of profitability just five years in. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about the specific numbers, but that's notable. And then Monzo clocked up a loss of 119 million uh, pounds uh, for the same period. So uh, up until March uh, 2022. We'll very likely see the numbers for Starling Bank and uh, Monzo come out uh, this summer again. So then we'll have another look. Mm. Uh, and then there's Wise, of course, the former transfer Wise. Uh, they're yeah. a public company, so we'll wait for their uh, earnings release. Uh, but they did something fun. They uh, rolled out a new look and feel. It looks cool. Uh, yeah, it looks very green. 
It, it does look very green, very green, like very money, green. green. Yes, exactly. So I think that's what they were going for. But they also mm. did a, a little bit of an announcement when they, uh, when they sort of unveiled it, the new look, mm -hmm. uh, the fact that they reached 16 million customers uh, worldwide, which is quite mm -hmm. a, a mm -hmm. decent number, I would say. Very nice, very nice. I mean, I, I reach sixteen million on Sunday afternoons when I uh, when I go mm -hmm. live on Twitch and I play video games. Like, mm -hmm. no, not really. No, no, that's not true. Well, are they listen, paying customers? Uh, these are not paying customers. Absolutely not. And there's all of uh, two of them. It's my dog and my mom that watch that oh, shit. Okay. Uh, but listen, Robin, we uh, I I've promised to keep the show short and sweet this week. We did get a little long winded, admittedly, last week with the Ukraine special. Uh, but that was a, a bit of a special case. So to make up for that running over, we're going to cut it a little bit short this week. I know you've got one more thing, Robin. What is it? That London, Berlin, I live in one of them. You have lived in one. Did you ever live in Berlin? No, you lived no. in Barcelona. Yes, uh, I did. But we've done yeah. we've we've all done plenty of time in Berlin. Yes. And by done time, I mean, we probably should have done time for the time we did in Berlin. Hit me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the one more thing that I wanted to mention is that uh, there was a new report. Uh, it was put together by a, a former investor team lead at Slush. He's an investment analyst at Innovation Nest. His name is Konrad Kordovsky. Uh, and he's done something that hasn't been done before. He's reviewed mm. um, open positions at VC firms, uh, 1,400 uh, VC jobs, actually, that he looked at. They were announced in 2022, so last year, uh, full year. And he uncovered that it, when it comes to working in VC, it's basically London and Berlin where it's at. Uh, more than 50% of all publicized job listings that he, he monitored uh, were in those two cities. And I was quite surprised to see a place like Paris, for example, wasn't even in third place. Even though there's mm. so much activity and La French Tech and all of these investors popping up, um, they, they came behind Munich. Munich was third in, in that list. And then there was Zurich, of all places. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of, uh, kind of an interesting... Uh, report i thought robin you got anything else i mean there's a ton more news on tech eu right now folks if you haven't stopped by tech eu lately man we, we the output has been uh well if i do pat myself and the rest of our team on the backs it, it's been pretty high lately so that we give you a weekly recap here some of the most interesting stories but my gosh there's a there's a ton more stuff robin we we could we could you know we could fill a whole hour just going through the news but for now anything else no, sign up for the newsletter if you want to stay updated on all things European tech. And hey, Robin, what's happening in Brussels on the 24th of May? By uh, let me any... check my agenda. Let me uh, check yeah, check calendar. that for me, will you? Oh, oh, oh I can see it here. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it's the tech.eu summit. In Brussels really? Expo. Yeah. Wow. That's so 8 a.m. Tickets Are tickets on sale? They are. And you can still get early bird rates. Imagine that. Wow. All right. Who's, let me who's, check, uh, let me check, let me check. Who, check, check. Oh, you can save 150 euros if you buy it now. Get the truck out of here. I swear bucks. to God, I just saw oh, that. That'll buy a, me at least me a round of beers. Robin, who are you most looking forward to at the summit? I mean, I know you've been hard at work on the speakers. Who, who are we going to see there? Uh, that's like, name your favorite baby. Uh, but we have 50 confirmed speakers. <laughs> I'm actually, you know what? What you mentioned earlier, the quantum computing one, I'm actually yeah. looking forward to. Uh, we have IQM and Terra Quantum, and probably a professor at the University of Helsinki is also coming over. Uh, I'm looking forward to the deep tech stuff, the, mm. the real nerdy stuff. How about nice. you? Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, nerd is where I'm at. You know, I, I uh, recently discovered that I should be wearing glasses. So I've been. <sighs> properly embracing old age and I've been wearing glasses so I can officially and and you saw me the other day I actually wore a collared shirt so uh, mm -hmm. but enough on that important it's very news. unnerving listen, <laughs> listen listen folks 
That's it. We are out of here. Get into your weekend. I'm joined, as always, by Robins Underwater. My name is Dan Taylor. Yours is not. Have a great weekend, folks. We are out of here. Thank you for tuning in. Ciao, ciao. One of these days, I'm going to run out of breath. No, you won't. No. no. <laughs> that would be like me not having anything to say. Impossible.